0: Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you.
1: Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz Today.
2: Good afternoon, and welcome back to Tony Katz Today. I am Tony Kennett, your guest host, Different TK. Also joining me today is Ethan Hatcher, and we're going to be bringing you some of the greatest chaos that's going on around the country, localized entirely to the radio of your choice. Today, we have on the air Jarrett Stepman columnist for the Daily Signal, and uh, he has kind of the bead on some of the most uh, insane things that President Biden has said as he is declining mentally, and we're going to talk about that in the 25th Amendment a little bit. Jared, how's it going? It's going great. It's good to be with you. So uh, you wrote a piece called, uh, God save the queen, man, uh, with Biden talk of the 25th amendment is muted. And we actually have the audio of that. And we're going to go ahead and play it here before we get started.
3: All right. God save the queen, man. So, uh, <laughs>
1: yeah, <can't, can't> start, <laughs> that's perfect.
2: <laughs>
3: okay. So Jared, help,
2: help me, uh, help me figure this out. Uh, did did President Biden say this uh, like at in the UK or, or something? Even was he in England when he was, or maybe an English event?
4: <laughs> no, he said this uh, in in Hartford, Connecticut. At, at a, actually, funny enough, at a. At a at a speech which she was talking about gun control. So strike one, he wasn't in the UK. The the strike two, the Queen has been dead now for over six months. And strike three, he was speaking about this at, at, at a speech where he was talking about gun control. I, I seem to remember Connecticut being one of the original thirteen colonies of the United States that may have had a little bit of a, an issue with the idea of, of gun control and monarchy. I just just one of those things that I know from the, from the history books. That uh, the comment came completely out of nowhere and seemed to be directed. Maybe to someone in the crowd uh, What was amazing about it Is how immediately we had Numerous media organizations Trying to contextualize the statement They really
3: couldn't They couldn't really
4: explain What he was talking about And just decide that Well this was just a Bidenism It's just Biden being Biden And that if you even comment about it uh, This is just weaponizing uh, His age and health against him This is just Republicans Being mean bad people and, And criticizing the president When they shouldn't be
2: uh, so you know, re- Republicans pounce seems to be you know kind of the the theme here yet again. And this isn't the first time that President Biden was talking to individuals who have passed beyond. Uh, of course, he was uh, talking to a group of people about their work on uh, family policy, and he asked where uh, late representative from Indiana, Jackie Walorski, uh, was at in the room. Asked it, and she had died uh, tragically in a car accident. Um, Not too long before that. He named a building after her. (laughs) He named a building after her.
1: Yeah, dedicated a building. But asked where
2: she was uh, in that room. I mean, this kind of stuff happens all the time
4: you know it, it really does and i i find it amazing i it's it's an interesting juxtaposition to how way back when how the media treated uh president ronald reagan saying that he was declining that his memory wasn't as good if you go back and actually listen to many of the reagan speeches even at the end of his presidency uh he is clear he is coherent he, he understands what he's saying. If he occasionally forgets a name, uh, that's nothing like what we're currently seeing with President Joe Biden, who oftentimes says things that are completely incoherent, where you don't even understand uh, what he's saying, what he's referring to. He's referring to people that have, have long since died. And it's, it's a troubling aspect, especially in the, the modern era in which we expect uh, the President of the United States to be uh, in the room with foreign leaders, to be able to respond to a crisis, uh, sometimes up to the minute when they are happening. You know, these are very serious questions about a man who's supposedly the, the, the leader of the free world uh, who needs his handlers and needs people on the inside directing things for him and managing his affairs. It's quite disturbing uh, for the American people to see that from their commander-in-chief.
2: We're on with Jarrett Stitman of The Daily Signal. And, uh, you know, some might kind of counter back a little bit here to, to play the devil's aging advocate. Uh, some might say, well, who cares if he, you know, says kind of weird things sometimes it, at least he still has a fundamental grip on policy he could maybe articulate what uh, laws were being passed Well, let's say a, a law banning uh, pistol braces uh, for example uh, does does the president at least have a good grasp on talking about policy and and what things are in defining terms
4: uh, absolutely not in fact i think one of the, the notable parts about the speech in which he said god save the queen is that this wasn't even the first incoherent thing he'd said in the speech he made some statement Thing something about how it's you need to make it harder for people to buy braces for pistols and this will make it higher caliber and this is this is dangerous and the people it was completely incoherent it was a word salad that made no sense whatsoever but of course he's talking about uh, very serious policies you know his party uh, oftentimes has a platform of gun confiscation as a, as a way to deal with the issue of now wait violence
2: wait wait and crime in hold sense- on hold on hold on because I think there's something to what the president is saying here obviously if you put a pistol brace onto a nerf gun that turns it into a russian rocket launcher everyone knows this you put a brace on a gun raises the caliber you put a you put a brace on a straw turns it into a revolutionary war cannon i come on and this is like basic gun science
1: <laughs> well i mean uh, let's borrow a, pre- uh, a line from the president's book uh, doesn't strapping on a portion of your arm uh, to your genital region create uh, a phallus you know I, I <laughs> you just strap things onto things, and it makes you other things. That's how that's how this works. What an absolute mess! So, Jared,
2: the question that a lot of Americans, and not just on the right side of the aisle, but a lot of Americans in general, are concerned because right now the world is very chaotic. We would want a leader of the free world to actually uh, be able to utilize more than three percent of their brain, and this involves invoking the Twenty Fifth Amendment. So, give us a little bit of a rundown. You know, you hear all the time what the Twenty Fifth Amendment should apply to. What does the 25th Amendment mean in this case, and does it apply to Biden?
4: Yeah, it's a very interesting thing because the the Twenty Fifth Amendment, which was which was created in in the 1960s, in fact I think it went into effect in 1967, was really a measure to be a temporary measure in case the the president was literally incapacitated. So going under the knife for surgery, or uh, in the case of Ronald Reagan, at one point he was shot in the hospital and having just a temporary uh, exchange of power, so that again in this world of instant communication where uh, wars can be started at, at a moment's instance. You have somebody who can effectively take the place of the president. Uh, During the Trump presidency, of course, this became a a hot topic issue because uh, the media ran with a series of so-called experts saying that we need to invoke uh, this rule to remove President Trump from office, that we need to get rid of him through this kind of bureaucratic uh, procedure. And of course, they tried out experts saying that Trump is unfit for office, that he's a crazy person, that he's unwell. Uh, It's really quite amazing to me that after all of that talk and all that talk, about using the Twenty Fifth Amendment to depose Trump, uh, how the talk has completely disappeared uh, in the age of Biden, in which we see almost on a, on a weekly or daily basis uh, the president saying bizarre things, having strange behavior, falling down, uh, looking like he's not in great shape. Uh, all that talk has disappeared. It's left the major networks. Uh, we never hear about the Twenty Fifth Amendment a- anymore. It's simply disappeared uh, from the networks. And, and I would say that the Twenty Fifth Amendment is not a way to remove the president. That, that the elections in this country are the way in which you decide uh, that we the people decide whether a person is ultimately fit for office or not i think the way that that, that the left and and i think the press used it during the 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 trump presidency was this idea that the bureaucracy can ultimately uh almost like a bureaucratic caesarism depose the president and i think that it's very telling that right now all that talk has disappeared because they got their man in the white house
2: right uh, we're on with jared stepman again from the daily signal talking about president biden saying god save the queen at a gun control event in Connecticut, and a lot of other weird things that he's said or moaned or uttered in the last couple of years, and this brings me to kind of the last question here that I really want your insight on. If you're looking at this kind of a situation, if you're looking at this president who's very clearly d- declining mentally, just exceptionally quickly, or has honestly finished declining, do you think that by keeping him in office, we are setting ourselves up for uh, perhaps a moment of greater national embarrassment or even a crisis? Uh, if something were to happen and and something finally break and perhaps a moment of crisis?
4: Uh, It does worry me greatly, especially if we end up in a larger confrontation, for instance, uh, with communist China. There has been, of course, a number of incidents just in the last year alone suggesting that China is getting more aggressive. It's getting more aggressive toward Taiwan. Can you imagine us being in a war, especially of the magnitude of a World War II or something even uh, not even nearly that large and having a president who is Unable and incapable of, of gathering his thoughts quickly of dealing with world leaders of doing what uh, we've expected presidents to do in the past it's a, it's a, it's a frightening thing especially given the importance of, of the executive in modern foreign policy and it's I think why Americans really of, of all political backgrounds uh, should be deeply worried about this this is uh, you know who exactly is running the country is it the president elected by we the people man who stands for the, the will of, of the Amer- of Americans or is it some kind of deep state? click that is running things behind the scenes with a president who's ultimately controlled by them and is unable to deal with the challenges of the modern world that's a that's a frightening that's a frightening prospect and i think that's really right now what we're faced with
2: absolutely jared thank you very much for hopping on jared stepman over at the daily signal bringing a little bit of perspective uh well someone ought to because the rest of the media is sure not talking about it jared thanks for hopping on Thank you. God save the queen, man. <laughs> God save the queen. Uh, we're going to be talking a little bit later about the president's number two. That's right. Not Kamala Harris. Corinne Jean-Pierre, <laughs> the legendary black lesbian of historical, historical, historic significance as, uh, well, that's what she called herself. You are listening to Tony Katz today. Don't go anywhere.
0: Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you.
1: Welcome back to Tony Katz today. For the better part of a week, America... And the world was gripped, waited, waiting with bated breath for the fate of the Ocean Gate Submersible that was lost as it visited the Titanic. Ultimately, we now know the fate of the five passengers, all dead, and the Submersible crushed in a catastrophic implosion. Um, which ultimately seems to be the most merciful thing that could have happened, as opposed to imagining those poor souls suffering at the bottom of the ocean in cramped conditions for almost five days, in pitch darkness, and sub-zero conditions, um, and also slowly starving of oxygen. So, the fact that it ended quickly, I think, in this case is merciful, although obviously it can't be understated that for the families, this is an enormous tragedy and especially feel sorry for that 19 year old who, according to reports, was just trying to bond with dad taking this trip to the bottom of the sea.
2: Uh, Honestly, I I think that when we we take a look at these kind of situations, I'm, I'm reminded of the lessons that the Soviets learned during the Cold War. When you don't build submarines properly, really bad things happen. And the biggest threat of uh going underwater is not actually the water, it's the pressure. Yeah. The more pressure that you put on a system, the more the more that you have to consider every single facet of an object's construction. And it looks like from the the construction that we've seen in, in the the diagrams and in the, the interviews that were uh done before this. Submarine went on this voyage over the last couple of years. It did not appear to be something that was taken very that was taken very seriously. I can say shockingly, this, no, I, exactly. I can say this about Elon Musk and, and SpaceX. They take every single launch very seriously. They make sure that if there is any sliver of a, an option that that something is going to fail, that it is well documented and prepared for ahead of time. Like that exploding exploding launch that happened a couple of months ago, they had documents saying we expect this launch to fail and the, they had they were prepared for it
1: the cavalier attitude of uh, ceo of ocean gate stockton rush in retrospect especially seems shockingly chilling and predictive of the tragedy that was to come and apparently according to James Cameron who himself is an expert on undersea exploration also designing a submersible be- vehicle that went to the Challenger deep the deepest part of the Marianas Trench um, and successfully ventured there a- according to him there were experts who warned of the uh, uh, submersibles weaknesses and potential for catastrophic failure and the CEO just charged ahead uh, here's uh, uh, James Cameron weighing in you know
3: this is a art and many people in the community were very concerned about this sub and a number of of um, you know of the top players in the in the uh, deep submergence engineering community even wrote letters to the company saying that what they were doing was too experimental to carry passengers and that needed to be certified and and so on so i'm i'm struck by The similarity of the Titanic disaster itself, where the captain was repeatedly warned about ice ahead of his ship, and yet he steamed at full speed into an ice field on a moonless night, and many people died as a result. And for a very similar tragedy where warnings went unheeded to take place at the same exact site, with all the diving that's going on all around the world, uh, I I think it's just astonishing. It's really quite surreal. His name is James Cameron, the Bravest Pioneer. No budget too steep, no sea too deep. Who's that? It's him, James Cameron.
1: During the same interview, James Cameron also um, discussed that People in the submersible community and the oceanographic community understood well in advance of the rest of the world finding out that the submersible had likely collapsed. And This continues to be a developing news story. You're going to hear more about this on The Hammer and Nigel Show coming up from 3 to 7. Stay tuned. They will give you more details about when, potentially, the Biden administration became aware that the submersible was collapsed, and perhaps- all this expenditure can, of resources didn't even need to happen. And the re- you, uh, well, let me let me get to this, Tony, because the reason why they knew about it, as you're well aware, there are underwater listening stations that around, we've had since the Cold War. We've had since the Cold War around the world, and as early as Monday, they had registered a <laughs> large sound that likely indicated there was a catastrophic implosion. Of course, it wasn't confirmed until they found the debris field, but people in the know already had a good inclination, and Cameron had reached out to friends already extending condolences uh, for the likely conclusion that ultimately was the case.
2: So, very important to note, by the way, as far as we're talking about the U.S. being able to monitor things across the ocean, uh, that kind of implosion is going to cause a very definitive sound profile that's not just like a whale slapping something at the bottom of the sea, and that is something that U.S. Navy most likely knew, and now of course there are questions that are arising like Mm -hmm. what did you know, why did we waste the Coast Guard's time and put all of these people at risk looking for this sub, the countdown
1: timer they're um, yeah, running all out of, of oxygen that other stuff yeah hours it, it, left it's
2: it's, it's it's embarrassing again the united states under the biden administration really showing that it has no idea how to effectively communicate and monitor our skies or our seas however i want to point this out cuz i don't think it's going to get discussed hubris pride really is the greatest sin of man and more people have died over the arrogance of an individual who you call, you said that was cavalier about how they're gonna go do this and they're gonna have their submarine and they're gonna go to the, it was, it was hubris, it was arrogance that caused the Challenger explosion. It was arrogance that caused the Titanic to sink the first time. And now we're looking at yet another case in which some individual thought they knew it all. They didn't need to listen to anybody. They knew what they were doing and people died as a result. And
1: And, that is a tragedy. And of course, you have the Biden administration continuing to hone the policy initiated during Obama, which was leading from behind, which is exactly what we do when we don't. Ha- show leadership in a time of crisis like this, instead allowing the enormous expenditure of resource when didn't need to happen. Now, speaking of this cavalier attitude, of course, we've been combing through appearances by the CEO, commentaries from members within the submersible community, and in particular, the CEO saying that he wanted to uh, have an inspirational company, which didn't rely on the expertise of 50-year-old white guys to drive their submersible when i started the business one of
4: the things you'll find there are other sub operators out there but they they typically um have uh gentlemen who are ex-military submariners and they see a whole bunch of 50 year old white guys um i wanted (laughs) our team to be younger to be inspirational and i'm not going to inspire a 16 year old to to go pursue marine technology
2: First of all, and I know we're running out of time in this segment, I want to make this clear. More young men have been inspired by good officers in the military than any other field, period. Heroes of militaries around the world are half- Half of our literature objects. So, first of all, no. Second of all, you know who probably wouldn't have screwed up? Some former submariner who knew what he was doing. The submarine crews in the U.S. Navy are ridiculously well trained. They are psychologically evaluated for intense situations. The, the, summer, the submariner program for the Navy rivals that of NASA. And the kind of disrespect. Yeah, of course, your arrogance would cause the death of people.
1: What a fool. As much as technology has improved, Improved The hazards presented from undersea exploration or even normal operation from a submersible at depths of like 200 to 300 meters, let alone compared to 4,000 meters, are enormous and, of course, require the dedicated concern of experts who have spent the better portion of their lives under the sea. You know, I'd, I'd rest behind them. I'd, I'd put some confidence there.
2: The argument of authority is a logical fallacy. Just because you have a degree does not make you special. However... Ignoring the experience an individual has is a very bad decision. We're going to be back in just a few minutes here on Tony Katz today. Don't go anywhere, you don't want to miss it.
0: Whether it's audiobooks or all time greatest hits. Long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at kisqali.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Don't stop me, don't stop me, don't stop me. Hey, hey!
2: Good afternoon and welcome back to Tony Katz today. We've saved some of the best for last. I'm Tony Kennett here subbing in today with Ethan Hatcher for the Venerable Tony Katz. And Ethan, I have a question. Have you ever been really bad at your job?
1: Like all the time. Haven't you been listening to the show?
2: (laughs) No, no, I mean not like pretend, but like actually bad at your job, and the entire country is watching, just embarrassed because that's Karine Jean-Pierre. I have never seen an individual who is just so abysmal when it comes to being a press secretary. That woman steps on more landmines than a
1: French sheep. It's ridiculous, man. Man, is she sure proud of herself. She thinks she's the best ever part of the greatest administration ever they're doing so much so many beautiful things for the american people i mean they're just knocking that out of the park so much jump right jump
2: right to her saying that she's a historic figure i gotta hear this
1: (laughs) (laughs) all right let me let me load it up here it is.
0: There's been a couple of things that I that has made me incredibly proud. Many things, many things that made me pre- incredibly proud to be at that podium uh, during this historic moment. Again, this is a historic administration. I'm a historic figure and I certainly walk in history every day. But this is also a historic making administration because of this president. You sure about that? You sure about that? You sure about that?
2: First of all, very excellent clip uh, from I think you should leave. Fantastic. Number two, she walks in history. I walk in Sperry's, Uh Just a casual pair of boat shoes. Um, that that again, that's just me. Uh, but just the the absolute arrogance of suggesting. That you are a historic figure. I walk in historic times. I use historic cologne by Jean Pierre. Like this is isn't that a incredible? Quote
1: from the, the the new uh, Star Trek series. A sheer effing hubris. I think is an apt description. It, it's
2: just, it's wild. I don't understand why people say that and then don't think that people are going to roast them over the coals because, also in the same way as, as a former academic and as a teacher I loved reading papers that would take 18 pages to say nothing at all. She said nothing of substance in that. This president is very historic. We're in historic times. This president's done quite a lot, you see, and of all the things that he's done, he's done those things the most. That's why I really like
1: being oh, here. Oh, if you want to rake uh, KJP over the coals there's no better clip than this. I'm sure sure you're going to have a field day when she says, this president has done the best
0: ever. I oh, loaded if up. If you look at what the president has done the last two years, it is more than any other president has done uh, uh, ever. Ever. Okay. ever.
2: Oh, the, the most a president has ever done ever. So when Trump <laughs> used to say that kind of a thing, I was really bothered by it. But Trump had also like brokered a few deals in the Middle East. He'd actually impacted some economic policy. So there were classes of Americans who could say, yeah, I think he's done the most in my lifetime. I've never seen anyone do this much for me in, in this lifetime. Yeah, Corinne Jean Pierre is like, oh, he's done the most ever. Never. I mean, George Washington pales in comparison to Joseph Rigatoni Biden. And you've got just Abe Lincoln, nowhere near the great power i mean mount rushmore for sure
1: think about all the the crises that america has experienced in the three short years of joe biden we've and had And he
2: handled everyone with dedicated intense leadership with the thoughtfulness of the
1: mind just the sharp wit the supply chain crisis the
2: Solved inflation
1: it. crisis the Solved afghanistan it. withdrawal wiped the Ukraine it clean war won it
2: I mean, you know, the list goes on. I mean, Joe Biden literally has history in his aviators and in his adult depends. You can see it in his eyes as they roll back into his head as he falls on the stage for the 18th time, tripping over imaginary sandbags.
1: And coming coming home to his next scoop of Jenny's ice cream.
2: I would feel bad for President, and I do feel bad that I do think he's a victim of elder abuse, and I think Jill Biden is a horrible person for continuing to prop her husband up on scarecrow sticks, Uh, but I really would be more inclined to feel bad for Corrine Jean-Pierre, whose job is to clean after a man who's just never-ending toddler of making messes. Yet she doubles down. She makes it worse on herself. Uh, This is something from the RNC today. She said, and I quote, some Americans don't quite know all the full impact of the president's economic policies. So first of all, not grammatically how you say that. Don't quite know all the full impact I, I would also like to point out that uh, Americans are paying more at the grocery. Has anyone noticed that you can buy one bag of groceries now and it costs over a hundred dollars? Oh,
1: I've noticed. I mean, I you know I'm living the life of a bachelor, and I swear to God, you know, just filling up my cart halfway is like a two hundred to two hundred and fifty dollar expenditure. Just buying, you know, I mean, not the top cuts, just, you know, just some cereal, just some milk, a little the, bit of juice, some fruits and veg, and it's like, whoa! The dude is the just, I'm just a bachelor. The here. dude is
2: the manure king Midas. Everything he touched turns to crap. He he touched the solar panel. Remember, he was going to make solar panels cheaper for the country. Solar panels cost seventy two percent more. And and you say, why does that? Matter. Not a lot of Republicans are green energy. Republicans are the leading group in the country that puts solar panels on newer home builds. It's an off the grid living style, and now that's more expensive because Captain, again, the Manure King Midas can't help ruining every economic policy the man gets close to, and then Corinne Jean Pierre's out defending him.
1: You know, r- running, uh, running interference, and and it's crazy to me that she is willing to diminish herself to that degree. I guess she buys into the hype that because she checks checks a couple of boxes. Uh, you know identity box is the first well she walks in history she's historic
2: imagine thinking that the most that you have to offer is the color of your skin and the way that your genitals move I'm just saying I would like to think that the best parts of me are what I was taught by my parents and the actions that I've taken and and the the ways that I work in my life not what happened to genetically
1: combine uh, when I was conceived what a silly way to run your life You're listening to Tony Katz today, Ethan Hatcher and Tony Kinnett filling in. I'd like to kind of pivot for a moment. If you're talking about a a failed executive that buys too much into their own hype, now we have former President Donald Trump, who is engaging in what I'd say is flagrant dishonesty in mischaracterizing his most prominent uh, Republican primary opponent, Ron DeSantis. Now, look, of course, these these individuals don't have to agree with each other. They're running against. Each other but Donald Trump Is just making crap up on the fly This coming out of the Trump war room Saying DeSantis Locked down Florida What Governor Ron DeSantis shut down Florida businesses during COVID, that drove away happen. tourism, and used a mandate to keep Floridians from leaving their homes. Governor Ron DeSantis issues a wide-reaching mandate. The party's over in Florida. He wants you to forget, but Floridians remember.
4: We can't stand another three months being shut down.
1: Please, Governor, open us up. It
3: actually shut us down.
1: It just made no sense. We did it for, for the bars and closed the bars down. Lockdown Ron. He failed Florida. Don't let him fail America.
2: do they think that people have like just a a two year memory span Uh, I've said this since the beginning Donald Trump has some very interesting and very compelling policy prescriptions and goals for the United States for his next presidency he has focused on those None. I have yet to see President Trump run a yeah. campaign ad that says, "Yeah, oh, sure, the other candidates are out there, and I even like some of them, but I'm the president that's going to put the first man on Mars, which is a promise that he's made. I'm the president that's going to finally clean out this. If he ran with those ads, I, I would be more inclined to say, to, "All right, maybe we see you know, what he's bringing around this time, but I'm not. All I'm seeing is this nonsensical just goofiness. DeSantis punches Biden, and then Trump punches DeSantis.
1: Now, it, that's a, that could be potentially a uniting policy. America putting a man on Mars in the same way we did a man on the moon. That uh, the is JFK. what Trump was going for. i talked to members of his campaign who was making that claim. The JFK famous quote, we choose to go to the moon not because it is easy, but because, but because, it's because odd. it is
2: hard. Harvard. No one's ever done it before. So I don't really understand why he's not leading with that because again, as a candidate, you don't just need to punch. You also need to lead. You lead from the front. You inspire. You get people to go out because you're making a better future. This is one of the reasons why Holcomb is an unpopular governor of Indiana. The man is as inspiring as a tick in March. I'm not actually able to see somewhere great that I'm going in the future when he gets up and talks. He's just listening to himself
1: blubber. He's also running 180 degrees in opposition To his characterization Of Florida and Ron DeSantis While he was president So we're not talking about The far flung distant past here Here's Donald Trump Talking about Florida In his
3: own words We're in a place called Florida And we have a great governor Ron DeSantis Who's done a uh a spectacular job in Florida. A terrific job. He just announced that the schools will be open in the fall. enjoys very high popularity and that's for a reason. The reason is he's doing a good job. And you're open and you're open and you didn't close and you didn't close and you're just amazing right this A lot of people agree with what he's done. You guys aren't even open yet. What the hell is going on with your state? You know, Florida's open. Florida's open. Florida's open. Governor Ron DeSantis doing a fantastic job. If you look at Florida, if you look at uh, South Carolina, if you look at so many different places that have opened up, I don't want to name all of them, but uh, the ones that are most energetic about opening, they are doing tremendous business dude lies more often
1: than he changes his underwear so I, the, the, the
2: most common complaint that we're going to get about this segment is why are we even talking about this this isn't news why are you talking about so here's, here's the reason why because whenever it's Trump's turn to punch someone else that's news to, to individuals who support Donald Trump but whenever it comes to talk about the fact that Trump has shortcomings and this is his most serious shortcoming in the primary no one wants to hear it the fact of the matter is President Trump is being incredibly disingenuous here and that's not a good thing and again the biggest reason why is because Trump could have walked out and said, I like Ron like I liked him back then. I picked him great. I think that he would make a very great governor for the end of his term. But I, Donald J. Trump, am the best candidate for this country. And that would have been a good sell. That would have. He could have made that his campaign, and I think it would have been more effective. Right now, again, with the polls swinging wildly from state to state, but any trend that we've seen is that DeSantis is gaining on him, it's not really working for
1: Trump. That would be Trump acting, Like the bigger man, and being the statesman, he has the potential to be. Um, but instead, he takes the cheap shots. Instead, he uh, you, you know relies on dishonest tactics, and it's really sad coming from the former president because there is more to offer there, but he gets in his own way more often than not. the The really unfortunate reality is that instead of offering substantive policy positions, he you know is kind of couched and cornered in his own brand brazen image of becoming the physical manifestation of a middle finger to the left. Which, yeah gets you, you know, your, your little uh, chuckles, um, you, you know, and your cheap wins. But at the end of the day, that's not a policy position. And that's what Republicans should be seeking is substance rather than style. And Donald Trump, he's all style covered in gold. I, I again, I,
2: I don't have an issue with a way that Trump did a lot of punching during his his. presidency. I, I really liked a lot of the policies that he put forward. But in this case, like in many other cases, he is consistently putting his foot into his mouth. That makes him a lesser quality candidate when it comes to a lot of what he is communicating on the field in a very, very critical election. We cannot afford another four years of President Biden's puppeteers. That is not something that we can stand. And so when I see this useless play fighting nonsense over covid response and and this goofiness instead of putting the focus on biden's failures and who's the best candidate to solve it i have to sit through this waste of time at the same time by the way that he's not addressing serious problems which is number one you said the election was stolen in 2020 okay how are you going to stop the election from being stolen this time I haven't heard any answer to that. Have you? He he picked some real stinkers in his cabinet. He picked a lot of really horrible people when he was in office. Consistently, I've heard, well, he was just naive and he learned his lesson. I haven't heard anything from him yet, though, on why he chose people that now he's deriding as evil traitors he's known all along, yet at one time he was praising them. Those are the questions that need answered. They're not, because we're busy playing COVID theater.
1: Well, and he continues to make bad picks, like with um, Mehmet awesome of Pennsylvania losing the seat to John Frankenstein over there because he's more enamored with celebrity than substance. You're listening to uh, uh, Tony Katz today, Ethan Hatcher and Tony Kennett filling in. We're wrapping up in the next segment. Don't miss it. Stay tuned.
0: No, 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 stop. Get get that, nope,
2: nope. Get that garbage out. Start, absolutely not. Can I Try, try again? Try again.
4: All right, all right, all right. Happy weekend.
2: Oh, that is much better. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. That's right, the only two genders that matter. To Tony Cats. today, I'm Tony Kennett, the other TK, just lowercase. Joining me is the stellar Ethan Hatcher, and we have saved some of the best for last. Ethan, what are we cracking at this segment? I can't believe you used gender gendered
1: language. I'm so offended. Good. Happy Pride Month. <laughs> Alright, we're celebrating an important anniversary, uh, Mr. Tony. You know, we survived doomsday. I, Again, I, I've survived Several of these. That's um, true. The we years. we have
2: been scheduled for death by net neutrality. We were all going to die due to Donald Trump's nuclear war. Mayan um, calendar. Killer bees. Uh, what was it? Um,
1: uh, the avian the, flu. I was gonna bird say flu, bird flu was a good flu, one. Pig COVID. flu, swine flu. You know, I mean, just all, all kinds of apocalyptic events. But also, apparently, climate changed. We passed the date as of Wednesday. Well, the
2: date according to whom? Because that's really the kicker. Greta
1: Thunberg, how oh, dare you!
2: That first of all, stellar impression. So I, if we're if we're crossing some very important dates here, what 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 was this big prediction that our esteemed high school dropout colleague made?
1: Five years ago, uh, this uh, Rhodes Scholar said that a top climate scientist is warning climate change will wipe out all of humanity unless we stop using fossil fuels over the next five years. Now, Tony, I drove here in a vehicle that relies on fossil fuels. I don't know about you, I'm pretty sure, Producer Kylan, yeah, you drove, drove fossil fuels as well? Oh, <laughs> unfortunately. Okay, uh, and yet... The world hasn't ended. Five years later, there's a lot of humanity uh, around. Uh, there's certainly uh, some humanity getting up into trouble in Hogsett's Indianapolis. Uh, there's humanity right here in the studio. We're all we're all doing just fine. And as a former member of Jehovah's Witnesses, I want to say that there's actually a key to effective doomsday proclamations, and the Witnesses learned this themselves. You know, you need to keep it um, threateningly imminent, yet appropriately vague, because when you put a date on it, like, for instance, stay alive to 75, it makes you look silly when the date is passed, and kind of like you don't know what you're talking about. Much like we've
2: discussed with climate change uh, multiple times over the last couple of decades, this is now the 15th Doomsday, (laughs) and as we close things down here today, I remind you that there will be many Doomsdays in your life, and uh, it is far more important that the celebrities get to travel around. In their private jets and uh, enjoying all of that massive carbon emission. But your Toyota Corolla, your Honda Civic, that is the real problem, and you should feel guilty over it. If
1: you eat steak, you're killing the climate, according to Mayor Eric. In that case,
2: I will start having two steaks per evening. I want to make up for all the vegans.
1: Double up on the meat consumption. You know, harden those arteries to, uh, you know, uh, uh, as is my sacred
2: duty. Thank you guys for joining us today again. That's Ethan Hatcher. I am Tony Kennett. We've been filling in for Tony Katz. Had we- a hell of a fun time today, man. It's absolutely, been a pleasure absolutely. With you. Stick around for Hammer and Nigel. It has been an absolute joy. Take care.
3: Woo!